Good evening and welcome back to the Chad Show podcast. I am Chad, your host, and today we are going to be looking into a Bible study lesson. That our friend John usually puts out here, but I've been kind of busy this Saturday that I wasn't able to attend and or record the Bible study. So I'm going to actually, since I have the notes here, go and share that with you right now. And the title of this um, the study lesson is called Preparation for Jesus Coming. Preparation for Jesus coming. Before I start, I always pray. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this wonderful day. Thank you for bringing everyone home safe, keeping them safe wherever they are. Please keep them safe during their time together to be safe. And um, may everyone be well in the new year, Lord. And uh, we ask for your many blessings as we have this study hour now. So I ask for your Holy Spirit and Holy Angels to be here as I share this with my podcast friends. Thanks again. And thank you for all that you do and all that you will do in people's lives. So thanks again. We ask all these things in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So... Preparation for Jesus coming. Alright. I'm going to start off with a question. What is the blessed hope for the church? What is the blessed hope for the church? I'm going to be rereading Titus 2.13 and ask two simple questions. And that is, what does this verse imply? And what is Jesus expecting to see? in those who are eagerly expecting to see him. Titus 2.3 says, Looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the best specification we can have is, First of all, we are Adventists. We are looking for the appearing of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And we love to think about it. We know in whom we have believed and are not afraid to commit the keeping of our souls unto Him against that day. We are not at all humiliated by confessing ourselves to be Adventists. The second best specification that we have is that we believe the Sabbath of the fourth commandment because it is written plainly and is the foundation of our religious faith. Let none of us be ashamed of this. We accept not the authority of men's counsels, but we go further back, even to the counsels of heaven. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven, 
as says in Psalm 119.89. We take a thus saith the Lord. Here we stand. A doctrine that has not a thus saith the Lord may be accepted by the whole world, but that does not make it truth. If we want to know the way to heaven, we must study the Bible, not man-made theories or man-suppositions. Alright, the third best specification we can have is we are not at all ashamed of our faith, Seventh-day Adventism, for it is the very best specification we can have. We are waiting for the second coming of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Men may scoff and ridicule our faith, but this should not provoke or surprise us. All these demonstrations do not make the truth error, neither do they make error truth. We take our stand firmly and unmovably upon the platform of the Word of God. And our fourth best specification we can have, eternal realities must be kept before the mind's eyes and the attractions of the world will ap appear as they are altogether profitless. We are pilgrims and strangers who are waiting, hoping, and praying for that blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. If we believe this and bring it into our practical life, what vigorous actions would this faith and hope inspire? What fervent love one for another? What careful holy living for the glory of God? And what distinct lines of demarcation would be evidenced between us and the world? So as says in Titus 2.14 once again, who gave himself that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. God's peculiar people. That which more especially distinguishes God's people from the popular religious bodies is not their profession alone, but their exemplary character and their principles of unselfish love. The powerful and purifying influence of the Spirit of God upon the heart carried out in words and works separates them from the world and designates them as God's peculiar people. The character and disposition of God's followers will be like the Master. He is the pattern, the holy and perfect example given for Christians to imitate. The second thing 
for God's peculiar people, the self-denial, humility, and temperance required of the righteous are, in contrast with the extravagant, health-destroying habits of the people who live in this degenerate age, God has shown that health reform is as closely connected with the third angel's message as the hand is united to the body, the body. And there is nowhere to be found so great a cause of physical and moral degeneracy as a, as a neglect of this important subject. Whoever violates moral obligations in the matter of eating and dressing prepares the way to violate the claims of God in regard to eternal interests. The third God's peculiar people is that our bodies are not our own. God has claims upon us to take care of the habitation he has given us that we may present our bodies to Him a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable. Our bodies belong to Him who made them, and we are in duty bound to become intelligent in regard to the best means of preserving from decay and habitation He has given us. If we enfeeble the body by self-gratification, by indulging the appetite and by dressing in accordance with health-destroying fashions in order to be in harmony with the world, we become any enemies of God. The fourth God's peculiar people, God's requires of us according to the grace He has bestowed upon us in order for us to meet our responsibilities, we must stand on the elevated ground that the order and advancement of holy, sacred truth has prepared for us. All right. Now, how do we prepare? How do we prepare for His coming? Let's ask these three questions. What did Paul teach in 1 Corinthians 9.27? How else can we prepare according to Philippians 2.4? And what should motivate us to do right? It says in 1 Corinthians 9.27, But I keep under my body and bring it into subjection, lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be cast away. Preparation, what we look at for this number one preparation is how shall we make this preparation? It is by bringing our appetites and passions into subjection to the will of God and showing in our lives that fruits of holiness. We must deal justly love mercy, and walk humbly before God. We must let Christ into our hearts and homes. We must cultivate love, sympathy, and true courtesy one to another. Our happiness depends upon our taking this course.
Preparation number two. The reason that there are so many hard-hearted men and women in the world is that generous affections has been regarded as weakness and has been discouraged and repressed. If we would have tender hearts, such as Jesus had when he was upon the earth, and sanctified sympathies, such as the angels have for erring mortals, for erring mortals, we must cultivate the simple, unaffected affections of childhood. Then we shall be directed by heavenly principles which are refining and elevating in their tendency. In Philippians 2, 4, it says, Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. And I think this is, all these verses are being taken from the King James Version, if I remember him saying, John, he says, he said that he's taking every book of the Bible from the King James Version. You can check it out. All right, it's talking about loving thy neighbor. This is the first statement toward loving thy neighbor. Our lives should be consecrated to the good and happiness of others, as was our Savior's. This is the joy of angels and the work in which they are ever engaged. The Spirit of Christ, self-sacrifice, love is the spirit that pervades heaven and is the source of its blessedness and it must be our spirit if we would be fitted to join the society of the angelic host the second part of the loving thy neighbor is in proportion as the love of Christ fills our hearts and controls our lives Selfishness and love of ease will be, be overcome. It will be our pleasure to minister to others and to do the will of our Lord, whom we hope soon to see. Doing right. This is the first statement on doing right. We should do right because it is right and not to avoid punishment or for fear of some great calamity that may come upon us. I want to do right for the pleasure I have in righteousness. There is so much happiness to be found in doing good here, so much satisfaction in doing the will of God, so much pleasure in receiving His blessing. Doing right statement number two. Then let us show that we are men and women of sound judgment, choosing our portion, not in this world, but in that which is to come. Let us stand at our post, faithful in the discharge of every duty, having our lives hid with Christ in God, that when the chief shepherd shall appear, we shall receive a crown of glory that fadeth not away. 
Let's look at Psalms 48. Psalms chapter 40, verse 8. I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. In Psalms 119.35 says, Make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. If you have enjoyed this reading, it is a short one, but I wish I had all the statements that go along with this lesson, but I don't because I haven't attended and or recorded this this week, or if I did attend, I was probably out and I haven't had a chance to record it. So I hope you enjoyed this um, short lesson on how to prepare for the Jesus coming. And so may the Lord of peace be your Jehovah Shalom. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you for this time that I can share this with our friends here on this podcast. I pray that everyone who listens to this may be blessed. May they be richly blessed by your love, your grace, and mercy upon them. May they be well at work. May they be well at home. And be well during this Christmas time that everyone celebrates. May we do it safely. May we um, keep our time and distance and share the love of God when we can. And if it is just through a text or through a phone call, then that is the best way that we can do. So come with us, go before this week, and send your Holy Spirit to our homes. For we ask all these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Thanks again for stopping by the Chat Show Podcast. I will catch you on the next podcast. And hope you enjoyed this series. I'll talk to you guys on the next podcast. You have a great one. Merry Christmas week. Aloha.